When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the DNVR Broncos podcast on this magnificent Monday. Mace is back. Another great mm-hmm. M on this day. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Whoa. Mason. And we're all pumped to have Mace back. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Another M to this Monday because over at MSU Denver Online, you get a dynamic education without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. Over at MSU, you get to work while earning an education. You can do them both at the same time. It's affordable, it's rigorous, and it's the same uh, program and education that you get online whether you're in person or online. So check them out over at MSU Denver Online. And one more M. Mace, my boy, how's it going? All right. It's good to be back. Although Florida was lovely and, um, you know, it's, it's always good to spend time with my folks as I got the chance to last week. Um, after the league meetings, it was nice to kind of catch up. And, uh, you know, my mom is a big Carolina fan. My dad's a lifelong ACC basketball fan. So it was really it was really cool to watch the uh, the Carolina Duke game on Saturday with them. I and, bet it was. Yeah, you know. see Coach K go down, and of course your UNC make it to the finals tonight. We'll see what happens. And I mean, for those not tuning in live, Mace has the UNC hat on. He has the UNC uh, zip up on, and I see uh, a blue polo underneath. I can only imagine it's UNC as well. Right? It is, it, it, and, it, and, it, I, and I also and see pants. UNC sweats. Yeah. Do you have UNC socks? No, <laughs> I just have white socks. Don't worry, yeah. I won't ask you about your underwear on this pod, man. It's Carolina blue. <laughs> oh wow, there we go. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And uh, uh, if you are tuning in live, you can see all of Mason's <laughs> gear right here. Please Except the us- underwear. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not showing. He's not. Showing I'm not showing. The uh, they're not tidy whities but they're you know i'm not showing that that'll no. wait until uh post game pause that's no 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 and if you some are things are in, better left unseen <laughs> <laughs> if you are tuning in live please hit us with a 
thumbs up. We'd really appreciate it. If you're tuning in on Twitter, hop over to YouTube. Not only helps us, it's a better stream, and the chat is gets really popping over on YouTube, so we would really appreciate that as well. We have people talking about already in our comment section, smashing the like button, people talking about smashing the over, which we're just about to talk about. And we people have people saying that UNC is going to win tonight, and we'll talk about that game in just Man, a minute. Uh, I hope they're right, but but if you saw Kansas against Miami in the second half eight days ago and then saw the way KU started against Villanova on Saturday, man, they are uh, they look like a juggernaut right now. They're really they, good, but really... Uh, I, Mace, UNC is so hot right now. Yeah. We, we knew they had the talent, but didn't come together in the regular season. Yeah. Uh, they, they were the eight seed for a reason, but the talent is there. No one's playing better than Love right now. Oh man, did you see the photo that uh, that was shot of the uh, shot of the shot that basically won it for Carolina? No, I didn't like, see a photo. It's from the other end. It's from the other end of the court, and you see, you know, he gets the shot over Williams's outstretched hands, and you can and you got the entire crowd on its feet. It's one of those like, I, I, like I I I saw I saw at least one person tweet and say put it in the Louvre. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'll be finding a way to get my hand on that photo and probably. Finding a finding a place for it on the wall somewhere. Put was, it in your own Louvre. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty. That was that was that was pretty special. I mean, that was like Michael Jordan shot forty years ago when he uh, when he shot Carolina a national title over Georgetown. Mm. Same place, Louisiana Superdome. Wow, a lot, a lot of Tar Heel history in the Superdome. So we got another MJ in the making right now. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> it was just a great. Shot. Let, let's let's not go there. But it was a. It was a great shot. Well, what you Fre hope, Mace, is that UNC isn't celebrating that as the shot and the yeah. game. Like the Broncos, you know, have so many times celebrated the AFC Championship game mm -hmm. because they couldn't celebrate what happened in the Super Bowl. Well, I think kind of a, a one, you know, there are a lot of parallels to it. I think one that kind of, it's not exactly the same, but it flows through my mind as we all remember the 2005 AFC Championship. Yeah. You beat New England. You end what was at the time the longest postseason winning streak in the history of the sport. And then you get the break by having to, by, by getting uh, the Steelers at home instead of having to go to Indianapolis. Yeah. But it turned out the Steelers, you know, they were at that moment the best team in football, but people didn't realize it. And then, and so. You're gonna to have to come down from that high. I, I, I'd like to think that if they sat, they really sat down yesterday and watched the the Kansas film, that that, that would have brought them down pretty quickly, <laughs> and and, and remind them, hey, you, you don't want you don't want to be one of those teams that didn't finish. Right. You got to finish. You know, you've yep. got to finish the job. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a great win, but people are always gonna say, but you lost the next. You lost the next game. No. Got to finish the job. Well, Got Mace, well, let's anyway. just hop into it right yes. now. We're talking about it. I want to give you my DraftKings right. Sportsbook King uh, or, or pick of the week. And my pick of the week for DraftKings this week is UNC. Last week, my pick of the week was UNC plus 500 to win it all. Those odds are looking great right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going UNC underdogs one more time. They're plus 160 over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Give me UNC to win. And DraftKings also has a boost going on right now where you get an extra boost on top of this game. You can get it all the way up to uh, – you can get it way more than plus 200 if you use it on UNC. So, Mace – Go Tar Heels! I'm taking your blue. I'm taking the emotional hedge. <laughs> uh, give me can't give me Kansas to cover. I think it's a four and a half points. Last I saw. Yep. Give me give me KU to cover. Wow, Look, to cover. Mace uh, is hoping for the heartbreak. 
Nope. <laughs> I'm hoping to lose money. There we go. As uh, you texted I'm, me uh, earlier today, you hope you win emotionally and I win financially. It's the emotional hedge. <laughs> I, it's the it, that's that's the way I roll. I, you know, it, 36 years ago, um, I bet I I lost a dollar betting on my team, <laughs> on and a dollar on the schoolyard in 1986 is a big deal. <laughs> And uh, when your when your allowance is when your allowance is two bucks a week at that moment, mm. yeah, a dollar's a big deal. Mm. So, um, and you lost it because your team won. No, I bet on. I, oh, I was in. I had not was... moved to Florida, so I was not yet a Bucks fan. I was a Washington fan. I bet on Washington against the uh, the New York Giants. So was that the last time you bet on a team, your uh, own team? Yeah, last time I bet on my own team. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Uh, that dollar. That dollar was probably a good investment. Scared straight. Yes, you were. I love mm-hmm. it. And that's not the only thing you can. Oh, what? What's your? Oh, you. You, you said your pick of the week is your pick in mm-hmm. Kansas to win by four and a half. Yeah, like Fair. like my my pick of the week last week would have been uh, pick Duke. My pick of the week the week before was to take uh, UCLA <laughs> yeah. o- over yeah. Carolina. My pick of the week the week before is to take Marquette. The the pick of the week the week before that was I believe I had a. I had Syrac- I had Syracuse beating Carolina. I mean, just I gotta I gotta stick with it, right? At this point, uh, yep. I got I gotta stick with it. Exactly. Yes, you got to. Why and am I wearing these pants? Uh, this outfit today? Because I, I wore I wore this outfit on uh, the on a day that Carolina played and they won. I think I, I think I wore it on the day they played Marquette mm. when I did the show here. Mm. I'm. Okay, I mean that's just he's ready to go. I've worn I've worn these pants on every uh, game day, uh, this in March and even through February as well. I actually last night I got back at a, didn't get back to my place until close to midnight because my flight was delayed. First thing I did was go and I threw and I threw the. I threw the outfit in the washing machine, and then I hung it out to dry, and it was ready to go this morning. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I have a, This is why I can't cover a team that I'm a fan of. <laughs> I could never cover Carolina. I could never cover the Atlanta Braves. I, I'm too emotionally distressed. Well, I'm I'm happy that you at yeah. least clean those clothes because some people would say, you know, hey, I didn't clean it, and they and they've they've won, so I'm not going to clean it. The way my parents keep their house in Florida. It they keep it at at seventy eight degrees, mm-hmm. and I was yeah. Thank you, Kale. Yeah, it's pretty much what we keep my place at. If you've if you've seen the Seinfeld episode where they go down to Florida, uh, to Jerry's parents' ha- place at uh, I think this was at the Pines of Mar Gables phase two, or or phase or phase th- phase uh, three I think, and they go down there not Del Boca Vista but the Pines of Mar Gables. And part of it is Jerry and Elaine complaining about how it's so hot. And Jerry says, these people come down here, sit in the heat, pretend it's not hot. <laughs> right? <laughs> so my parents, it's, it's it got into the 80s on Saturday. They have the AC set, 78. And because I'm of the superstition, I'm wearing this sweatsuit. Yeah. And, oh, I, and, wow. I, and, man, I had to wash it because I, I, I sweated through the sweatsuit. <laughs> because, because that house was a sauna. And it worked. Yeah. It's not weird if it works, right? Man, it was. And the thing that I used to be accustomed to that. Yeah. When I lived, I have actually gotten a little bit of Florida out of me, obviously, because I used to be okay with my parents having the, the temperature set 78 degrees and used to be able to sleep just fine. Now I sleep terribly yeah. when it's 78. <laughs> Colorado, you've, you've gotten me over the years now. <laughs> oh, 65. That that's is, a little that, cold, but that's I think, a good temperature to sleep in, that's for yeah. sure. I, I like it. I, I like it at 68. 
Mm, 68, one short of nice. But, Mace, there are some other numbers we need to dive into. And these numbers are also courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook. At the end of last week, DraftKings Sportsbook put out their first win projections for the entire NFL. And I want to focus on the AFC West today because we all know how competitive of a division it's going to be. And that's exactly what DraftKings Sportsbook and the odd makers said Mm. it was going to be. And let's first talk about the Broncos. Their over-under win projection... 10 mm-hmm. a straight 10 double digits DraftKings is thinking the Broncos get to double digit wins for the first time since Peyton Manning and the 2015 Super Bowl team was in Denver when you first hear those the that 10 number what do you think Mace it's probably about right mm. but I also I also when I looked at that I said okay I wanted to see okay what was everybody else right. who were the other teams with 10 you know the 49ers opened with 10. Ooh. But talk about a very different team than the Broncos. Very different team in a very different conference. Mhm. Now, the interesting thing about the Niners is yes, they are in the NFC, but I think we can all agree the NFC West is the best division in that conference. Yep. With three playoff teams from last year, Seattle's going to be really going to really struggle against those teams. And then the yes, NFC West on top of that gets paired with the AFC West in interconference play. Mm-hmm. So I thought that Niner 10 was a little bit interesting. And, and so I thought they should have been lower. But I look at, like, for example, the Cowboys are 10 and a half. Mm. There is an example of what conference and division does for you. Right. I don't think many people outside of Cowboy Nation are going to argue that the Cowboys today are a better team than the Broncos. I mean, even if you take out the, the head-to-head, that's a team that that you know they ju- they just flamed out in the playoffs. There's not a lot. There's not a lot of good f- good feeling there. I don't know that they they may not be worse, but I don't know that they're better today than they were when you went into the off, the off season. I think if you're ranking the Super Bowl contenders in terms of quality of the roster, quality of the team, you'd have the Broncos a little bit ahead of Dallas right now, but. Dallas is in the NFC East. Right. And the Broncos are in the AFC West. And that's and that and that I think is why I looked at that 10 and said, yeah, it makes sense. One of these four teams in the AFC West is probably going to come in with between 7 and 9 wins. They're in last place. 9 and 8 might be last place, but it's more likely that an 8 9 is going to be in last place. Right. Or 7 or even a 7 and 10. Somebody is going to be the dud in the game of AFC West mystery date. And that's why you see like the Broncos and even the Chargers, I think they in terms of quality of roster, they're t- you know, we're going to get to them in a bit. They probably should have been higher too on quality of roster, but not based on where they are in the NFL geography being the AFC West. Mm, really good point. And so you mentioned the Chargers, they're a 10-win team and we'll talk about them more in just a second. The other 10-win team The Cincinnati Bengals, the team that just won the AFC, the team that was very close to winning the Super Bowl. So when you talk about the chart, the 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 Bengals being ten wins and the Broncos also being ten wins, Mm -hmm. any national disrespect talk kind of has to go out the window. Yeah, Broncos have the same win total as the defending AFC champions. I think that's a case where the if we're talking about why they'd be a ten. That is the betting public and the nation at large having a little bit of 
football PTSD in terms of the Bengals. There isn't a history there, right? Right. I mean, well, and they, well, there's a history. It's mostly poor. And even though, look, empirically, I, I, I would hammer the over on the Bengals. Okay. Because empirically, what they accomplished down the stretch was legit. Not only, not only do you, to, to win three playoff games against what we can, what we can all agree is a pretty stacked AFC, and it, there were there there were no pushovers. They got the Raiders, you know, coming in and they, they beat them. They go to Tennessee despite their offensive line getting shredded. They be, with Derrick Henry back for the Titans. They beat the number one seed on the road, and then they go to Kansas City and they come back and beat them. And then to get into the playoffs. A big win late was winning at home against Kansas City. I don't think you can look at the Bengals and say that they were a fluke based on what they did and how they emerged. And those signs were even there early. They, When they were still kind of in the process of becoming, they took Green Bay to overtime and fell early in the season. I t- To me, the Bengals, I, I think there are, there are more reasons for the Bengals' number to be eyebrow raising low than the Broncos when you look at that Mm, very fair so then let's look at the three teams uh with the Broncos the Bengals and the 49ers I'm gonna put the Chargers to the side since we'll talk about them in just a second Mm -hmm. who do you think who who, if if I gave you 10 bucks okay and said Mace put the over on one of these teams put the under on one of these teams which one are you doing over Mm -hmm. on the Bengals okay under on the 49ers. Okay, so so the Broncos right in the middle of mm-hmm. these three 10-win teams. Uh, I totally see where you're coming from with, with the Bengals. However, I'm buying into a little bit of that regression. I would actually go Broncos. Okay. Probably Bengals with the push, and then mm-hmm. I would do the under on, on the 49ers. I think the Broncos are right there with these other really good teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see why the Bengals would be a regression candidate, and this is not an analytical argument. This is kind of a looking at the quality of, of the wins argument and looking at the fact that today Cincinnati appears to be a much better team than they were at the end of the season, in part because of what they did in free agency. They had they had one thing they needed to do, rebuild that offensive line. Yeah. And it, and they, they, they did a hard target search on that O-line, and in particular, coming up with Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa, as well as to, as well as Ted Karras. But I love the Kappa pickup from Tampa Bay. I hate the Bucks losing him, and I love and obviously Lyle Collins. A lot of people around here wanted. That was a team that could legitimately look at what happened in the Super Bowl, what got them to that point, and say, if we could have protected Joe Burrow a little bit better, we've got the big rings on our finger. Mm-hmm. Now there are variables. Things will happen. It's a different season. People are going to be a little bit more prepared for them this time. But the reason why I can't agree with you, Zach, is because at this moment the Bengals look like a better team than they were, and they very nearly won the Super Bowl. That's very It's, it's very fair, and you're curious how a young team with a young head coach, young quarterback, bounces back from a Super Bowl hangover. That's impacted a lot of teams in the past, but mm-hmm. Joe Burrow doesn't seem like someone that's going to get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that is going to be an interesting offseason of how they uh, match that. And, and some people are saying in the comments section, uh, only 10 wins? How, how is how is that possible for, for these teams? That's what the over-unders at. One of the things that uh, every sports book does when they put these out mm-hmm. 
is they kind of hedge. Yes. You're not going to see the worst team in the league with an over-under of one and a half. You're not going to see the best team with an over-under of 14 and a half. And that's something when a team has a great quarterback, I've always loved jumping on the overs because they're going to be tamed just a bit because something that mm-hmm. you as a better uh, and viewing these lines and something that also the, these sports books have to look at is injuries. And uh, mm-hmm. let's say, you know, a, a team loses their star quarterback the over is probably not going to hit. Now, I always view it as I'm willing to take that risk personally because how often do star quarterbacks get hurt? You know, Peyton Manning hurt once in his career, I guess twice. Uh, And Russell Wilson, he's been out three games in his career. So typically, I'm okay with putting injuries to the side, but that's why you see a lot of these lines muted. And when you look around the league— Did you just say muted? muted (laughs) in a way that didn't upset you i got it in and uh mace when you look around there's six teams that are projected to that that their win win total is more than the broncos yeah only six so so it's not like they're saying the broncos are a middle pack team they still think they're a top 10 really a top 25 percent team in the league but yeah and but you look at where those teams are dallas 10 and a half nfc tampa bay 11 and a half nfc nfc bills 11 and a half afc um, Chiefs are ten and a half. Chiefs are ten and a half. Green Bay is eleven. NFC again. The Rams are ten and a half. Yep. NFC again. The, what their expectation is that the teams that do have the quarterbacks, kind of like you mentioned, are likely to run away. Now, kind of when you were saying that about if you were betting this, you'd bet the over on the teams that have the elite quarterbacks mm-hmm. because the injury rate isn't exceptionally high. Right. But let's say you have eight of those teams. Probably one or two of them is going to lose their quarterback for at least four games. And especially in the AFC, look, if the Broncos lost Russell Wilson for four games, <gasps> unless that were the weak part of the schedule, right. that would probably be enough to where we say, yeah, this probably isn't going to be a playoff team now. Right. right. And But that's true. Look, that's true for Cincinnati. That's true for Kansas City. It's true for the Chargers. It's tr- Look, Baltimore found that out firsthand last year. That was an 8-4 and four team when Lamar Jackson went down against Cleveland, and they didn't win again. Right. And so we've, we have seen the illustrative example of how if you lose the quarterback for a month or so, you're pro- in terms of making the playoffs— you're probably done. Yep. Especially if, like, like Baltimore— I mean, that was a terrible time to lose Lamar Jackson because I think they had— didn't they have like the Rams and didn't they didn't they have um Cincinnati yeah, it was on brutal. the schedule it was they had brutal. Pittsburgh I mean they they had a really rigorous uh, uh schedule so if you lose your quarterback at a moment like that then unfortunately it's probably the white flag on your on your playoff hopes because there are so many there are so many good teams that you're just going to lose too much too much ground so any I mean really I think the only team that may be able of these contenders that may be able to overcome this is a team like Tennessee because Ryan Tannehill isn't that great. Derrick Henry's the engine that makes that go, and also because they're in the AFC South, and then possibly Buffalo because you do you do get those two free spaces on the board against the New York Jets on the schedule. So perhaps Buffalo could have could overcome losing Josh Allen. Although they certainly, I think they could have overcome 
a lot better last year than this year. Last year, of course, when they had Mitchell Trubisky on the roster. Yeah, and so, that then that's why San Francisco, yeah. I would take the under if, if given money to put money on because mm. they don't have that great quarterback right now. Maybe Trey Lance is that, but they yeah. don't have that right. right now. And Mace, you may need to make a trip to Light Shade Dispensary to celebrate your Tar Heels if they can pull it off tonight. And Light Shade Dispensary is the place to go. Whether you're a casual consumer or a connoisseur, they've got it all for you. And if you use code DNVR, you'll get 25% off each and every purchase, whether you're online or whether you're in one of their stores in the Denver metro area. Check them out because they've got Escape Artists, which is the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency. They have ratios available in one-to-one and high-ratio CBD, 20-to-1. They've got you covered. So again, whether you're looking for something specific or just a, a general shop, check out Light Shade Dispensary and use that code DNVR. Also, check out us. Check out DNVR. It's a great time to become a subscriber and be able to read all the contents being cranked out about the Avalanche and the Nuggets in particular as they are counting down the days until the postseason, what hopefully for both is going to be a very fruitful postseason. But also, if you become a DNVR member, you can come on down here to the DNVR bar and get a big beer for the price of a small beer. You can get discounts on merchandise over the, at the DNVR locker and so many more benefits, including being able to leave your comments that we're going to get to in the third segment and, and be a part of the podcast in that way. So check it out. Those reasons and many, many more to become a DNVR member today. And of course, grab some Breck Boo. Man, tonight is a time for celebration. Celebration. Come down to the DNVR bar to watch national championship and get yourself a Breck brew. If you can't make it to the bar, make sure to go to Breck Beer's website. Look at the Breck Beer locator on the top right-hand side of their website, and you will be able to find where to get yourself any Breck brews today. Nice 66 degrees. Definitely a strawberry sky type of night. So make sure to check out the official beer of DNVR. All right, Mace, I got to ask you, Broncos, 10 wins right now. What do you like? Over? Ooh. Under? You staying I, away because it's too close? It's too close. I'm, mm. In the words of Smooth Jimmy Apollo on the Simpsons, Simpsons, pardon me, if you're one of those compulsive types who has to bet, I'd take the over. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I would mm. take the over as well, but not mm. even a hesitant over. Mm. What I really like about this is that you don't get a hook. There's no 10 and a half. That would make me a little more nervous. We went through this a couple of weeks ago. I had the Broncos at 11 and 6. Felt pretty good about that. But you can drop one game, and then you still get your money back on a push. That's what I love about this. If it goes to 10 and a half, I'm getting a little nervous. But I would still like the over because I do have the Broncos getting to 11 wins. They could certainly win 10. Mace, if we're talking about the Broncos being 9 and 8 this year, they're probably not making the playoffs in this loaded AFC and if the Broncos are 9-8, and eight, sure, it'd be the first winning season since 2016. That would be a disappointing season all the way around. And 10 wins is kind of the, the bar for, for, for a disappointing season. And if they get 10, it's not a disappointing season. If they get 10, you get your money back. Anything over that, you win. And so that's why, personally, I really like this right now. Until you get the hook. And only one team in the AFC West has more has a higher win projection than the Broncos and Mace. It's the Chiefs. But when this line opened up over DraftKings Sportsbook the end of last week, Chiefs were at 11. Now they're down to 10 and a half. The mighty Chiefs are falling. Well, they got the hook. And the hook will bring you back. On that, you can rely. <laughs> um, a song? 
that's a that's a blues traveler song from the 1990s blues traveler song. Yes. yeah i don't know that i'm sorry oh man <laughs> hey oh, but at least that... i knew it was a song good and it fits your outfit because you got a lot of blue on yeah the hook <laughs> it brings you back on that you can rely I'm not gonna go and try to do the uh, yeah. I think the, I need the quick, it sung. Maybe. The quick fire. There, there are there are some quick fire lyrics in the middle of the song, and there's no way I can get through them in the way that John Popper does. Suck it in, suck it in. If you're in Tintin or in Berlin, I think, and it goes from there. <laughs> Keep going, Mace. <laughs> I, I I can't. No, it's <laughs> anyway. So anyway, so let's see. The the Raiders had. The the, uh, the Raiders are eight and a half, right? Yep. So we have the Chiefs yeah. at ten and a half, Broncos and Chargers at ten, yeah. and the Raiders at eight and a half. Okay. Hmm. So let's go through Chiefs ten and a half. Under. Under. I love hmm. it. Chargers ten. Over. Over. We already know Broncos. You're going over, and then Raiders eight and a half. Kind of like the Broncos. I don't like this. Oh, I'm really? not. I, I don't like it enough to bet to where I would be willing to place even a one dollar bet on it. Um. So, but if I had to, I'd say over. Over. But I don't. I like. I don't know. I'm. I'm. Uh, you know. I don't know what kind of coach Josh McDaniels is going to be in his second go around. I don't know if he's learned if he's gotten the emotional intelligence they didn't have when he was in Denver a dozen years ago. If he does, that's a team that can win the Super Bowl. If he doesn't, if he's the same Josh McDaniels as he was, the same kind of emotionally impulsive person, the same bulldozer through the organization, then this team will be much less than the sum of its parts. So that's why. So there, there's, you know, I, I think the Browns are off the board right now, right? Um, are they? Like I, because I, I'm looking at an article well, on Dra- on DraftKings Nation, yeah, and they're not listed, and it makes sense because we don't like just we don't know what kind of coach Josh McDaniels is going to be, but with the Browns, it's we don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended, and if so, for how long? They are off the board right yeah, now. Yeah, so there you go. I, I wouldn't. I I would personally, I would stay away from that Raiders number, but with the Chiefs, you know, I get the whole thing of oh, you've got the quarterback. I would, as of this moment, I would take the under, but that's if nothing changes. There were rumblings last week, and I know Diana Roosting of ESPN reported this, that the Chiefs are inquiring about DK Metcalf. Mm. If the Chiefs get DK Metcalf, then obviously you're going to want to get the over as much as possible. So do you believe the Chiefs might end up with DK? Well, if they do, you know, DraftKings, DK, I mean, it's it all connects, right? <laughs> but if does. the Chiefs do get, if you do believe that the Chiefs might have another move left at wide receiver rather than just going into the draft pool, then I would say take the over. Mm-hmm. Because if they bring in a, a guy like Metcalf to go with MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster and Travis Kelsey, I would argue that it's it's a different equation, but I'd argue that you, you might actually have a better collection of pass catchers than they had last year. Ooh, man. I know. That's kind of spicy. I, I know. I think you can make an argument there. Yeah, I would disagree More balanced. just because of, of Tyreek Hill and what he brings. But, I mean, that would certainly help them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And there was a report from Ian Rappaport recently that said the Seahawks are getting calls about DK. So, there yeah. really could be something to that. Now, he didn't necessarily say the Chiefs. Uh, but now you can kind of connect multiple dots of how that could happen. Man, They have D- the draft DK capital to do it. Stay in Seattle. Stay in right. Seattle. Drew Locke needs you in Seattle. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, the, the Chiefs have the draft capital after that deal to do it. Now, That's it's a true. question of do you want to make the better short-term play or long-term play. Now, the only way B- DK works out long-term is if your plan is we're going to re-sign him a year from now, even with the big pick Patrick Mahomes numbers coming. And there are ways that they can create space. I mean, the Frank Clark uh, contract is an obvious place to create space in 2023. But if they trade for DK Metcalf, they their plan has to be more than one more than one year with him. But at the same time, receivers can be considered relatively fungible assets. They're not hard to find. Maybe you say, "All right, let's roll the dice with uh, with a late first round pick here with the other pass catchers that we've got, and see if that guy can can develop and he's cost controlled for more for more years." Drink and might be the better long-term play in terms of overall team management. Man, that would be... I hate hearing it. I hate hearing it. It makes sense what you're saying, Mace, mm-hmm. but I don't like it. But one thing I do like is you taking the under on the Chiefs mm-hmm. at 10.5. And, and one thing that this just confirms is what we've been saying. The AFC West is so good. It's the best division in football by far. <laughs> Yet, you have so many teams outside of the AFC West with more wins uh, projected for because the AFC West is just going to eat itself alive. It is. Let me actually throw some comps to you. Yes. Who do you think has a be- a better, a higher over under, the Vikings or the Raiders? Um. Oh, I would. I mean, the way you're saying this, it's got to be the Vikings. But I will. I would take the Raiders. Who's the better team? The Raiders. Exactly. The Vikings have a nine right now. Oh, wow. Again, it's the NFC. There's the, yeah. the Eagles, eight and a half. Eagles, now they were a playoff team, yes, but I think we can kind of say they were a shaky playoff team. Would anyone try to argue the, 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 that the Eagles are a better team than the Raiders? I wouldn't, no. All right, okay. Dolphins. Same over under eight and a half. Really? And they are still in the AFC. I know they're not in the AFC West, but they're still in a very tight AFC. Yeah. They have the same over under as the Patriots, by the way. Mm. Also in the AFC East. And now they're obviously, both of those teams are tied for second behind uh-huh. the Bills. Yep. Now here's where it gets interesting Cardinals. They better than the Raiders. Um, They're going to have a, a higher over, yes. And they do. They, yeah. have, a, they have a nine over under right now. I would uh, say. With, people with, the, jumping off the cliff train. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit of a mistake, and I know there's a lot of poor feelings right now, and there, of course, continue to be the rumblings of of Kyler Murray's discontent, Mm -hmm. but this still looks like a team that ought to be able able to win 10 games like they did, 10 or 11 games like they did last year. It might come to be the same way. It might happen where they start fast and fade at the end, just like Cardinals teams do, which is why if you're the Broncos, knock on wood, you're rooting for the Cardinal game to be Thanksgiving or later. Mm, right. And you're hoping yep. that everybody else <laughs> in the division gets them early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, something like that seriously might be the difference between being in the playoffs and staying home in this tough division. It really could it be. It really could. Yeah, wild enough. And as Jose says, Kyler sort of jumped off the cliff train. <laughs> yeah, potentially. <laughs> but you know who didn't jump off the cliff train? It's the Arizona Cardinals because they re-upped Cliff and their GM, which is just pretty wild. And I love that uh, our guy Henry's chiming in and uh, talks about the Broncos potentially going after DK. That may be a deeper conversation. I love the idea, Henry. I love it. So who has the fewest over-under wins? Uh, right now, I actually have the list in front of me. It is the, it is the Texans. 
Four and a half. Four and a half. And see, a lot of people think, you know, they're going to be trash yet. They still get, you know, four and a half, even if they could finish at two and 15. You have the Lions and Seahawks at six. Last year, I bet the Seahawks were right around 10, mm-hmm. nine or 10. Losing Russell Wilson, six. I think the Broncos last year were, what, seven-ish, mm-hmm. I think. And right. uh, now they get Russ, three wins. That's how important, even in a muted, muted situation, that's just how important the quarterback is. No kidding. I mean, that's... From top uh, 10 pick to, to playoffs. Right, and even belief in a quarterback. I mean, the Jaguars were, you know, they were, in terms of record, functionally, I mean, they were they were as bad as the Texans last year, right? Yep. Okay. Texans at four and a half, Jaguars at six and a half. Why? Because even though... Davis Mills put up some good numbers late last year. There's a lot more belief in Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson than Davis Mills and Lovey Smith. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what that is. It's a perception thing. It's a feel thing, right? Right. It is. So by the way, Atlanta's down there at five and a half. Man. You like the I, I and here's here's why I'm staying away from that one. Uh, I don't know if you like the over or the under. Yeah, my guess is you like the over because you're a big Mariota guy. Uh, I right? wish, I wish Mariota the best of luck behind a sieve-like offensive line, and a roster that really. Oh, you like the under? It's a that roster's a disaster right now. Mm. It is everything, and 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 they're... It's Kyle. It's it's Kyle Pitts, and who's that? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Kyle Pitts, and I'll, okay, I'll throw Deion Jones in there as well on the defensive side. Okay. Kyle Pitts, Deion Jones, and then bam, that's it. I don't. I mean. Thank you, Kale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if we look at the flip side, team with the most, the highest over/under, we have the Buffalo Bills at eleven and a half. They're the best. Look, they're the best team right now in the NFL, and that's why they have top, the top to bottom with the quarterback. And they don't have the the AFC East isn't easy, but it's not the gauntlet. I mean, basically, it's for them. It's like. Just don't face the Patriots when there's a 40-mile-an-hour 40 wind and it, it, it turns the game into you know, a, a little bit of a farce. But to Bill, Bill Belichick's credit, he figured out the, the conditions and figured out the farce before Sean McDermott did. But on equal terms, Buffalo is the best team in football. I mean, it's right now. It's pretty impressive and pretty telling that they are plus six fifty yeah. to win the whole thing. They're they're the, the the favorite by themselves. You have Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and the defending Super Bowl champions with Matthew Stafford all behind them. And the Bills, in terms mm-hmm. of you know championships or even getting to the Super Bowl, haven't been there. So it it shows to your point just how much people are loving them for what their roster is and obviously mm-hmm. their quarterback. Right, and the fact that. Would, the way they lost to Kansas City, would that have even happened going forward in the playoffs? Now we know under the, the rules that are right. coming into play, they would have had their shot yeah. against a very fatigued Chiefs defense. My argument remains on overtime that, hey, the coin flip effectively let a defense that was just leaking points at that point off the hook. It did. Yeah. It certainly did. Yeah. And the Chiefs... Chiefs took advantage and they of it. escaped. Yep, so, they well. they did. There's no escaping winning money over a DraftKings nice, sportsbook nice because if you bet five dollars mm. on the game tonight between UNC and Kansas and your team wins, 
Get $200 in free bets. And with baseball season right around the corner, you got abs and nuggets playoffs coming up. There's no better time to stock your account with $200 in free bets than right now. So pick UNC. Pick UNC, unless you really think Kansas is going to win. Place $5 bet on them with a $5 deposit over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you'll win $200 in free bets. And right now, Mace, they've got an awesome deal for the game tonight. So place at least a $5 bet. And then they are also offering everyone a profit boost on tonight's game. It's a mystery profit boost. So what you have to do is go into your account, opt in, and then you'll either get a 10% profit boost, 25%, 50%, 100%, or 200% boost. It is absolutely huge, which then you can add on to your bet. So you could place a $5 bet and be walking away with a ton of money if your team wins tonight. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. That's promo code DNVR for new customers only. You must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. See, the way you read the disclaimer there, you could probably handle the uh, the, the rapid-fire lyrics in the middle of Hook by Blues Traveler. But I think you handled it perfectly. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I, appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the kind words there, but, um, yeah, I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't have, uh, I couldn't have kept it up. Maybe, maybe I'll practice and uh, come sing it sometime. Yeah, I mean, it's, actually, now I have them in front of me. Suck it in, suck it in, suck it in. If you're in Tinder and Berlin, make a desperate move or else you'll win. And then begin to see what you're doing to me. This MTV is not for free. It's so PC, it's killing me. So desperately, I sing to thee of love. There you go. <laughs> Impressive, Mace. I don't think I could do any better than that. You yeah. nailed it. There's more. There's Keep a going. Lot. There's a, there, the of love. Sure, but also aversion, hate, and pain, and fear of self. And I can't keep these feelings on the shelf. I've tried. Well, no, in fact, I lied. Could be financial suicide, but I've gotten too much pride inside to hide or slide. I'll do as I decide and let it ride until I've died. And then only then shall I abide this type of catch little tunes <laughs> of hip three-minute ditties. I want to bust all your balloons. I want to burn all your, your cities to the ground. I've found I will not mess around unless I play. Then, hey, I will go on a day, all day, hear what I say. I have a prayer to, put, to pray that surely all this was. And when I'm feeling stuck and need a buck, I don't rely on luck because... The hook brings you back. <laughs> How about that? Bravo, well, hey, hey, that's really when I'm feeling stuck and need a buck, I don't rely on hook luck because the hook brings you back. That's very appropriate for the gambling hook. Yes. Right? And for the Kansas City Chiefs. You're feeling stuck and need a buck. Don't rely on the on luck because the hook will bring you back. Mm, on that you can rely. Yes, There's your bet. Yes. There's the bet. Yes. UNC plus four and a half. Hopefully it's UNC plus one six. Someone on said this is my line. auctioneer on <laughs> <laughs> yes, We got two. Is. We got two. We got two back in the corner. Do I hear 2.5? 2.5. I actually <laughs> wish the Broncos were having a real auction. For the sale. Oh, Can you imagine so what that like a made for TV event with these billionaires? Do I hear 375? Do I hear four? 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 Up oh, four. We got a new bidder back in, in, in the back corner. Four. Do I hear 4.25? Right there. 425 down the front. We hear four five, four five, four five right there in the back. That would be incredible. Oh my gosh, drama. that would be must that would be just must watch television. It, would be. it really, <laughs> really would be. An, an NFL team at an auction. Yep. You could get the uh You'd want the guy from uh, the Storage Wars guy, right? That uh, does the auction. Oh, right. Yep. Dan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, that would be incredible. It would be like a LeBron James decision. Yes. Just uh, with even more drama. 
And then you have the po- the post auction interview. You have yeah. the interview with the winning yeah. with the winning bidder, and then you have the interview. You know, yeah, a little bit later, you have the interview with the losing bidder. Uh, you know? Yeah. You know, we you know we get we gave it all we had. We just you know couldn't get up to five point to five point two five. You know, but <laughs> yeah. I'm proud. I'm I'm proud of my, I'm proud of my group. I'm proud of my team. We we put it together. And man, mm-hmm. you hope that you really hope. That you have Peyton Manning in that post post game interview, yeah, you do. That would that would be a blast. And May, speaking of must watch TV, tonight is must watch TV, and we have a couple super chats wishing you luck. At least one coming in from Chico says, "May, let's go heels." Hashtag go heels. Go. What does that say? G D T bath. Get that bath. Goat. Hmm. Let's go heels, Mace. I think TH is for Tar Heels at the end. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not up on my hashtag lingo right now. Boy, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Chico, you got to help us out. We really appreciate the super chat, and we'll all be pulling for a great day to be a Tar Heel. Ah, there but, we go. Yeah, but it doesn't have the uh. It's just great day to be a Tar Heel. There we go. Yes, there we yeah. go. Great day to be a Tar Heel. Yeah. Hopefully, that's the case tonight and for tomorrow. I hope so. I hope so. We'll see. It's a big game. <laughs> Shall we jump into the comment section coming in from the people? And if you want to leave a comment to be read on every pod, go to the dnvr.com. At the top of the page is a podcast tab. Click on Broncos Podcast. All of our podcasts that we've ever done will pop up. Click on the top one. That's our most recent one. Scroll to the bottom, and our magic er, our comment section will magically appear. You okay. leave a comment there, and we will get to it. And let's get to them right now. First one. Coming in from Dan Burke. He says, hi, guys. How would y'all react if the Broncos take a receiver at pick 64? I think Peyton may be emotionally scarred from having to roster John Brown and David Moore last year. That receiver may be a bigger priority than some think, especially with Hamler's injury concerns. Sky Moore may not be there at 64, but say he is. Are y'all taking him there? He has ties to the Broncos coaching staff. His college offensive coordinator is now the Broncos tight end coach, and he could add some much-needed speed to the offense. I'd be intrigued by that. And, um, look, if Sky Moore is the best player on the board, take him. I, to me, I, and, I, and I know that you can say, okay, they need a long-term right tackle. I get that. But when your first pick isn't until pick 64, and you have a lineup that you feel like you can go to battle with on Sundays. I mean, you've, you're confident in Caden Stearns. You're confident in Billy Turner. To me, this is a BPA draft. It should be a BPA draft. Best player available. Now, one thing that is interesting is that I did ask George Payton about um, last year's day three emphasis on special teams. Hmm. And he said that, again, will be the emphasis on day three. Mm. finding players who at first can be special teams contributors and then kind of developing the rest of that along the way. So I would, for the most part, I would expect day three to look similar to last year's day three. Right, right. And this would be a pick to have an impact right now Mm -hmm. because, of course, pick 64 is the first pick the Broncos have. It's the last pick in the second round. And Dan Burke, is he's always thinking one step ahead. So I like where this is coming from, but I don't agree with this. Uh, I I don't think the Broncos go wide receiver with their first pick. This would be a pick that wouldn't have an impact on this team right now. Uh, And unless there's one scenario I can see that's happening, if the Broncos trade Jerry Judy, you're probably trading Jerry Judy, honestly, to move up 
in 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 the draft, maybe mm-hmm. at the end of the first round or something like that. And you're probably not doing that to then go draft a wide receiver. But if you trade one of your star receivers, which in my guess it would be Jerry Judy if you're trading one of those guys, the Broncos aren't going to draft a receiver in the second round. And remember, Peyton has also said he still wants to get to 10 picks. Right. So I know we're talking about trade up, trade up. I think we're going to see more trades down mm-hmm. than up to hit that magic number. Another thing... I could see them taking a pass catcher at 64, but I believe it would be a tight end, not a wide receiver. Ooh, Trey McBride. That would be If awesome. Trey McBride is there, I think you pounce. I don't think he's there. I do think when you, as you get into pick 64 and then on into round three and even round four, you're looking more at the Isaiah Likely, Jake Ferguson types of tight end yeah. rather than Trey McBride. I agree. I, I, yeah. I completely agree. And I think Trey McBride's probably a guy that you're trading up in the second round to get if he's still there because he, you have a first-round grade on him. He's still there five picks into the second round. That's when you make a move to go get him. He's a dream prospect. And I think if you did bring in Trey McBride, there's a very real chance he beats out Albert Okwebenom as a more complete tight end, better blocker. Yeah, than than Benam has shown to be at this point, and that's one of the things yeah. we heard from the league meetings from the Broncos mm-hmm. was they challenged Alberto. He right. he's, he's a receiver right now, is how Nathaniel Hackett views him, and they challenged him that he needs to become a better all around tight end. Yeah, and I know maybe people don't want to hear about uh, a Wisconsin tight end because Troy Fumagalli didn't quite work out, but the Wisconsin tight ends block, mm-hmm. and so that's why I keep an eye on uh, Ferguson as you get uh, into the third round. Yep, and Broncos have two third-round picks right, right now. Yeah. Next one coming in from Ozzy Dan says, Good day, boys. Any guess on when the schedule will be released? By coming this year to watch the Broncos live, it has never had so much significance to me. I noticed that last year it was released after the draft, while it has traditionally come out a week or two before the draft. Do you think the late release last year was COVID-related, or is that something you can expect going forward? Have a great week, Ozzy Dan. That is something you can expect going forward. It was, it was a COVID tweak, but... Now, with the ability to have it after the draft, as teams have kind of filled their needs draft-wise, it gives a little bit more flexibility and uh, maybe doesn't have as much value this year as, as other years. Like next year, for example, you imagine that uh, if quarterbacks go 1-2, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, that would probably maybe add a national television appearance for the teams that take those quarterbacks, right? Because especially early in the season, because of the curiosity factor. You want, you look back, and one of the more intriguing primetime games uh, that we've had in recent times, it was that Cleveland Cincinnati Thursday night game in 2020, and it was kind of the first national look at Joe Burrow, and that was and that was an incredibly compelling game, and so that that's something like that is why. I think you'll see them continue to wait until after the draft in future years. I don't think this is going to be a one- or two-year thing. There's no reason for them to do it before the draft now, so I fully expect that we'll find out the Broncos' schedule in about mm-hmm. a month from now, uh, a, a month to five weeks from now. That was like at at the league meetings last week, that was the expectation that uh, we'll, we will learn the schedule next month. Yep, exactly. Next one coming in from Ham Broncos says, Happy Monday, my dudes. One player I'm really confused on right now is Kenny Young. He's had a seemingly really good couple of games last year, solidifying the linebacker group and playing well until he got that concussion. He cleared the NFL's concussion protocol ahead of the last game of the season, but was inactive for the game. I'm totally cool with the Broncos playing it safe with head injuries, especially, but was there more to his injury that was being reported? He hasn't got much interest outside of Denver either, 
older, so maybe this is just how free agency works sometimes. But I really like his play and felt the Broncos should absolutely re-sign him. Young, Jewel, Browning, and Griffith would make for a nice and diverse linebacker group. So my question is, what's going on with Kenny Young? It's not the injury. Kenny Young has bounced around a lot. He's been on uh, three teams in a relatively short career. Uh, Was in Baltimore, then was with the Rams, and then was with the Broncos. And the Rams were more, you know, there they are. He was starting for them, but they were willing to trade him out of the starting lineup, right? Yeah. One thing I had heard, and again, it's just, this is kind of one of those grapevine gossip things, is that, uh, is that sometimes he was, he, he could be a little difficult coaching wise mm. i mean and, and there, there certainly is some behind yeah. uh right. closed door stuff going on because mace he did play really well yeah. last year and then you mentioned it's not just the broncos that that have said we're not itching right. to sign you right away it's other teams it's the rams trading them away when they were in a super bowl window to go with a different guy and baltimore and baltimore is a team that usually doesn't let talented players go i mean in terms of uh, their own self-scouting their own self-evaluation baltimore's if not at the top of the league, they're in the top two or three clubs in the league, and they and they ultimately passed on retaining him. So there's, I think there's more to it than we know. So yep, and that's it's very very fair. Yeah. Bronk Oilers says Happy Monday, guys. I hate I have to say I was pretty shocked to see that Russell Wilson has never received a single MVP vote. I understand that he may never have finished the season as the undisputed number one guy statistically, but I'm struggling to think of a guy who has carried and bailed out his team more than Wilson has. Could Russ be the most underappreciated quarterback in the NFL? Are we underestimating how high the floor and ceiling is with Coach Hackett? Mm. I don't think we're underestimating yeah. uh, Russ at all. I mean, we all put out an article this past week saying what Russ's stats will be, and we all had him in the 4,500 range, the 40 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. That's an MVP-worthy season. That that's He's going to get votes if he has that type of season. I, I don't think we're underestimating him at all. I mean, you could be a great player, and there are just others greater in that particular year, right? I mean, that— that 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 sometimes that that sometimes happens. I mean, you could be a great player for several years, but you look at some of those years, for example. Okay, uh, you know, Tom, you know, someone like uh, Matt Ryan had a greater year in 2016, right? Uh, Patrick Mahomes had better years in, in in that span, and so on. I I don't I don't think there's really anything to it except that he's he his. I think one of his credits is he's consistently very good. He's steady. Like there, there hasn't really been a, a truly off season from Russell Wilson at this point. Right. There have been seasons maybe a little bit below his average, but nothing where he's just been off. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. There, there's. I don't. The only moment that people have said, "Oh, is something happening to Russell Wilson?" Really was kind of this past year, and he was hurt. Right. And then once he got a couple of games past the injury and fought through that, his production picked back up to its career norms. So. Right. How close, Mace, do you think – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list stats of a player and tell me how close this, this person should have been or did win the MVP. 68.6% uh, completion, 5,162 passing yards, 39 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 105 passer rating, and a 69 QBR. It depends what others did. I mean, if somebody, if if some, if you had fifty one, sixty two yards, that's great. But if somebody had 
a better pass rating, better QBR, and more yards and more touchdowns, and you're going for that. It's a, I mean, it, it, it's a scale that changes year to year based on who's putting up the top, the top line. That's kind of my point exactly. Yeah. Over a three and a half to one touchdown to mm-hmm. interception ratio. Those were Drew Brees' stats in 2013. We all know what happened in 2013. Peyton Manning right. destroyed those numbers. So uh, it, it's not an indictment on the type of player that Drew Brees was that season. It's not an indictment on Russell Wilson. It, it is crazy that he has never received a vote. Uh, but this this could point to him being underrated uh, and undervalued around the league. I mean, let's just look at the last few years, right? Aaron Rodgers put up these otherworldly seasons the last two years in terms of efficiency. In 2019, Lamar Jackson as a dual threat did things that we had never seen. Patrick Mahomes was out of his mind in 2018. Tom Brady's ditto 2017. Matt Ryan 2016. Cam Newton had one of those unicorn-type seasons as a dual threat in 2015. It's not that Russell Wilson hasn't been terrific. It's that you you had these supernovas, like... Matt Ryan and the Falcons in 2016, that offense, that's a top five all-time offense in terms of production. Right. And he was the trigger man for it. So I think it's, it's, just, it's just that Russ is always up here, whereas Matt Ryan has that season where he's up here and then kind of goes back right. down here. Right. Cam, same, same type of thing. Lamar Jackson has, set, has been good, but not as great as he was in the season he won the MVP. It's just, it's... It's just it's just one of it's just one of those things. The question is, does Nathaniel Hackett being around Russell Wilson and actually tailoring the offense to him, does that mean Russ does have that peak type of season in much the same way that, for example, Matt Ryan went to another level when Kyle Shanahan walked in the building. Yep, and I do think he has that type of season because the one time that Russell Wilson finished in the top half of passing attempts in his entire career, in the NFL, he loves the league in touchdowns. And we know Nathaniel Hackett is going to let him throw the ball, so he's going to have another great mm-hmm. season. Yep. And last one coming in from my biggest fan says, Ravens have five picks in the fourth round. Five. That's wild. I think we make a deal to trade down. That's what my biggest fan says. Possible uh, a third-round pick to get a couple of those fourth-rounders. Exactly. That's a, that's a way to start kind of building, building your draft capital up to because – Peyton has the more arrows theory. Yep. Even if they're late round arrows, he want he wants more shots at the target. Yep. And that's what I think happens. Yep. One of those third round picks, you trade back into the fourth, yep. get two of those fourth round picks. That's exactly what I think happens. It's, it's not sexy, and I know everyone wants to trade up and and get the and get the new tool, but uh, this is this is the way George Peyton operates. And just because he made the big deal to get Russell Wilson doesn't mean he's not looking to add picks right i mean that'll be really fascinating next year when they don't pick in the first or the second round at this moment and actually one thing you mentioned okay let's 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 go to the universe where the broncos take sky Moore at 64 mm-hmm. and you said trading Jer- jerry judy right right i think they would trade him for capital next year mm, second round pick for next year help build that back up mm, yes yep i can certainly see that if that happened i don't think they're going to trade jerry judy if they did i believe it would be for 23 capital yeah, that I totally, totally see that to rebuild, just like you said, because the Broncos do have a pick in the second round this year. Right. They don't have one mm-hmm. next year. And Mace, 
We're done. We're out of here right now. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you're tuning in on YouTube, we'd really appreciate a thumbs up. If you're tuning in on iTunes, we'd really appreciate you leaving us a five-star review. And it really means a lot that you guys tune in with us. Mace, welcome back. We'll be back with you tomorrow to talk more Broncos on the DNVR Broncos podcast. For Andrew Mace and I'm Zach Stevens, have a magnificent Monday. Roll out the truck and took a country drive. I'll take you